people talk about being woke, which at its heart is such a beautiful and good thing because people who are awake, you know, it's a past tense version of being awake, can see. And if you do not allow yourself to see that your neighbor is in pain or that your neighbor um, is being um, mistreated or that your neighbor maybe is mistreating others. You know, you can't do anything about it if you don't see it. Welcome to Awakening Lives, a podcast of the Spirituality Network. We seek to cultivate the awakened life through contemplative living and action. My name is Alejandro Rodriguez. Joining me today is Amanda Cushing, who is director of the WellStreams program. Amanda, I am so delighted to be in conversation with you today. You, I probably have never said this to you, but you are one of my heroes. And I can't think of anybody that I'd like to have this conversation with more than you, because you have made it possible for me to have so many awakening moments. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you, Alejandro. I am so touched to hear that. Um, I think we have the Mutual Admiration Society here because I also really respect and admire you as, as a human being. And I'm so glad that we get to work together. So thank you. My, my pleasure. It is a delight. I uh, just had uh, lunch with a good friend of mine yesterday and told her how blessed I am to be able to work with you and uh, uh, you bring joy to my life in so many different ways. Oh, thank you. I will just say thank you and we'll let, let that be. You, you are welcome. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's so appropriate that uh, we make the focus of this first episode of our podcast about awakening uh, for uh, our listeners uh, recently, the board of the Spirituality Network made a slight revision to our vision statement. It, it used to be awakened lives transforming the world. And uh, we just, uh, as we thought about it, we realized that none of us ever reach a stage of being awakened, that awakening is a lifelong process. And so we made that slight little change. Uh, from awakened to awakening. And uh, I, I'm so glad we did because it it emphasizes the need for us to continue to focus on awakening our own lives. Uh, Amanda, I'm, I'm curious, uh, what were your reactions as we had that conversation with the board? Oh, I, I um, fully agreed with it. And I had never really thought about that that we had put that as a, a closed event, you are awakened. <laughs> and um, I know so well that, that there is no end to any kind of awakening to become more aware of what's happening in your life and in the world. So I think that was a wise choice to make that change. Wonderful. Yeah. So I, I, I'm curious, uh, it is 
maybe you could share a little bit about your own awakening. What what uh, sparked something in you that uh, invited you to uh, consider being more awakened yourself? That's a big question. I guess the short answer for me would be that um, I, I, I've had moments throughout my life where I kind of had this sense of this infinite something more. Um, but I wasn't raised in any faith tradition and I didn't have language or an understanding of what that might be. <clears throat> and uh, as a young adult, um, you know, starting my life, getting married, beginning to have a family, I started to recognize that there were some outer parts of my life that were not congruous to, with how my heart felt. Um, not living, perhaps not living with the um, integrity or authenticity that was within me. I just started to become aware of it. I can't tell you what was the catalyst to open that up, but it did open up and particularly strongly after the birth of my children. I think that's, uh, that's a major life change that opened my eyes, I think. So that's the best I can do because these are the kinds of things that are difficult to put words to. They are, yeah. yeah. And, and I think for me, it, it's something similar. Um, for me, it was, well, first of all, let me say, uh, I'm an, a three on the Enneagram. Uh, and for most of my life, I would have told you that my spirit animal was a chameleon because I adapted to whatever situation I was in to be to be able to fit in that situation. And it wasn't until I started talking to people uh, who really focused on being their authentic selves that uh, I realized there was something powerful about being who you are instead of who you think you should be. And uh, so that hearing stories of people being their authentic selves inspired me to want to be my authentic self. Uh, which caused me to just take a look at myself in in deeper ways that than I'd ever done before, and I, I think it's been a beautiful journey and one that continues to this day. Yeah, wow, yeah, and you know, as you were saying that um, that chameleon aspect perhaps was a little bit part of my uh, more asleep life. I guess we'll call it, you know, pre awakening. Um, because I really did want others to be pleased with who and what and how I was. And if that meant sacrificing my deepest values, uh, a lot of times did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wonder if we should pause for a moment and, and, and just ask the question, what does it mean to be awake? How would we define that? What are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I, I think about, you know, in literal physical terms, being awake means being conscious, alert, and aware. 
And in the metaphorical sense, which is how we're really using this, it means um, taking that awareness, that ability to um, see and feel and respond is heightened because you're aware and you're alert and conscious. You can make decisions when you're conscious. Um, and so that's, that's probably, again, the short answer for that question. How about for you? How would you say that? I, I, I love the way that you put that in, and I really appreciate, uh, the, what you said about being conscious about the decisions that we make. Mm -hmm. I know I personally can go into autopilot all too easily. Yeah. and react in ways that are probably less than desirable. And if I am aware, if I am awake, I can pause and reflect and think, all right, what's really going on here? And what is the stuff that I'm dealing with that might be impacting how I'm about to respond to this situation? So having that awareness and that Kind of that holy pause to be able to reflect on everything that's going on before I do something uh, is is really important. Oh, that's so well said. And you know, I think too many of us live our lives in that place of autopilot, where our unconscious is just throwing out reactions to things. Um, you know, which doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It's just uh, you're not really engaging, uh, not really deeply connecting with what's happening around you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think about, uh, I, I've been reading um, Whole Brain Living uh, mm. recently and uh, about uh, the, the way that uh, my brain is programmed to work unless I pause and think about engaging other aspects of my brain that uh, invite me to be more rational, let's say, uh, in how I respond or more loving in how I respond than what uh, my brain might invite me to do if for some reason I don't feel safe or I don't feel uh, like... Uh, a situation that I'm in is one that is to my advantage or, or, you know, going to help me. Yeah. Those stressful, those stressful points in our daily living are the places where we get caught because, you know, we go into fight or flight mode, you know, we're freeze and um, having, having just enough awareness. If you're awake just a little bit, you'll notice, Oh, I'm getting, uh, you know, kicked into my anxiety, I'm getting kicked into my freeze or flight mode. Um, and you can pause and then say, okay, maybe I do need to just fly out of here. Uh, but perhaps there's another way to respond to, to whatever is around you. And you use the word loving. I do think compassion is so much more accessible when we are conscious of how we're responding. Um, I don't know if that's been your experience, but to me, that's that feels true. Well, I, I will say one of the 
the reasons why I, I hold you in such high esteem is because I believe that so much of my awakening uh, in the last few years has been because I've been held lovingly uh, to allow myself to look at myself without all the baggage that I might have ordinarily brought with me. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it said that uh, we don't grow unless we're uncomfortable. And I think that's true to some extent, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's always true. Uh, it, it, I think it's people say that because they are not used to being held in a place that where unconditional love exists. And if you're in that kind of a situation, it is not hard to look at yourself and look at things that uh, you perhaps don't like about yourself yeah. uh, and invite yourself to be critical, but in a loving way. Uh, so there, there's so much growth that can happen uh, when um, you're in the right safe environment. Yeah. Well, I, I will say it's a both and, Alejandro, because the discomfort really is the thing that we wake up to to say, oh, I, this doesn't feel right. And if we are in a place where we feel it's okay to, to wonder, it's okay to struggle, it's okay to ask questions and not be sure, um, then we can begin to kind of look around. But if we don't get that kind of safety that you described, we'll just fold back in and just let it, let it be. We'll, we'll just say, mm, that's uncomfortable and I'm just gonna keep going. Not, exactly right. It, not I, respond. I, yeah. When that's not there, the guilt and shame that uh, we, so many of us feel, can overwhelm us. And we don't get into a place where we can move forward because we regress and uh, we uh, become more closed in on ourselves. And that awakening can't happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, one of our um, defense mechanisms as human people is uh, to to go to sleep. Infants, I don't, I don't know if you have witnessed this, Alejandro. I know you have a new little grandbaby. But when infants are overwhelmed by too much stimulus, even if it's a really loud, hectic place where they are, they'll just go to sleep because it's too much mm -hmm. and they need to, they need to step back. Uh, we can, we do that in, in various ways, no matter what age we are. And um, doesn't mean you and I, as people who are engaged in awakening, don't have those. I mean, I certainly know I do. Um, fall into that. I just, it's too much. I don't want to engage right now. I don't want to pay attention to this right now. And the beauty of it is that um, that deep inner knowing place will, will hold that for us if we need to attend to it and it'll come back around. Yeah. Right. Amanda, perhaps uh, it might be a good idea to talk a little bit about ways that we at the Spirituality Network help people in awakening. Uh, you've been at this a lot longer than I have. Uh, perhaps you could share some of the things that uh, are most meaningful to you uh, that uh, 
are are ways that we help people in that awakening. Right. Well, uh, I believe for myself, and I have witnessed this with many, many others, is that it's really difficult to engage in this kind of conscious, intentional life without support. And um, for me, it's been having a spiritual director to sit with once a month to talk with about what's happening in my life and bringing it into perspective of how the divine is active and present in my life. Um, You know, uh, throughout the Gospels, Jesus says, if you have eyes to see or ears to hear, you know, you'll hear my truth, basically, is what he's been saying. And, you know, it isn't just hearing these words, but to hear the heart of the message, um, begin to look around and see. And if I have someone who can help me as I'm looking around and I'm seeing maybe things in my own life that are not pretty, um, things in the world that break my heart, which is a lot. And to have somebody with me to help me recognize I'm not alone, number one, because I have this beautiful companion to be with, but also I'm not alone because God is present in me, with me, through me, and with everything that's happening. And so it makes it possible to continue and not just check out. Yeah. 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 I did so true for me too. Um, and you know, I, I love that, uh, so much of what we do at the network is about helping, uh, people know how to create that kind of space for, for others, uh, and to be able to, uh, listen with empathy and with compassion and to go deep into things when we may not be comfortable uh, going there to have that person that is there beside us to uh, explore the the not so pleasant things uh, in um, without judgment and uh, with uh, with compassion. And the spiritual director often helps another person, recognize places of joy or gratitude that might have just slipped past, you know, to help really illuminate uh, the fullness, the the depth and beauty of a full life, which includes everything, yeah. you know, all of the, all of the really difficult, painful stuff and all of that beauty, all of that love that also exists right next to the things that break our hearts. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you talk about the things that break our hearts and, and like you said, there are so many things that are there. And, uh, this makes me think about, uh, why awakening is important, you know, to what end, Mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, we describe, um, our vision as awakening lives, transforming the world, and it's that transformation it, that's the so what. 
uh, you know, we we want to be awakened so that we can transform the world because we know he, the world is a beautiful place and it's a broken place too. And uh, it can only be healed through people that uh, are more aware of what's going on. That's right. You know, uh, this is something that's happening all around us. And we've, we've the last uh, six or eight years or so been hearing um, people talk about being woke, which at its heart is such a beautiful and good thing because people who are awake, you know, it's a past tense version of being awake can see. And if you do not allow yourself to see that your neighbor is in pain or that your neighbor um, is being um, mistreated or that your neighbor maybe is mistreating others, you know, you can't do anything about it if you don't see it. And uh, in the um, I think it's in the Buddhist tradition. They talk about uh, lifting the veil of ignorance, which mm -hmm. means being able to, um, the, the state of ignorance is not knowing what you don't know. <laughs> so if you don't know, there's nothing you can do about it, right? You can't respond. And if indeed we are all connected and um, you know, one, using Christian language, we are all the body of Christ. Um, we are all interconnected. There's, if we, if we ignore that or turn a blind or sleeping eye to the pain of our neighbors, we can't love them. We can't care for them. We can't encourage them when they're choosing perhaps not a most loving path. Um, and so, you know, it, it's the thing that will transform the world. The more, more people who are willing to look and see, you know, to have eyes to see and ears to hear, that's the thing that will begin to start that unfolding of something perhaps we've never seen before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you use the word ignorant, and I, th I think that word gets... Uh, has a negative connotation, but honestly, it, it just means that you're not aware. Right. You and, don't know. Uh, we don't know. Uh, so I think it's so important that uh, we put ourselves in positions where we can learn, uh, where we can uh, be uh, conscious of what is going on in the world around <laughs> us and going on within us, uh, right. because both of those are connected. Yeah. And, you know, you, you started off a mo moment or two ago saying, you know, what are some of the ways the spirituality network can be engaged in helping people who want to undertake this path of awakening? And there are so many different opportunities. Um, there is, as um, you know, I alluded to the access to spiritual directors. Uh, we have a referral list of quite a large number of spiritual directors who've been trained, um, who are engaged in their own ongoing formation. 
We also offer opportunities for education, um, learning about a topic or um, engaging in an experiential opportunity that kind of can open your eyes to something new. I mean, it could be anything. So we do things, um, offer programs, workshops, uh, gatherings that can invite exploration maybe on a topic, education, and um, certainly uh, all of it is experiential. And it's important, I think it's important um, that people give themselves permission to start exploring. Um, sometimes folks are really frightened of that idea of looking into something they've not heard about or thought about before. Yeah, yeah. So you, you talked about some of the events that we have. Uh, one thing that's coming up uh, in May, um, we have uh, as part of our justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion series, we have uh, the fourth of our queer spirituality conversations. Uh, we have the pleasure of having pastor and author Dale Likens coming to talk with us about a book that he's just written. So I invite uh, those listening to this podcast to join us. Uh, we're we're going to talk about uh, the process of deconstructing your faith and reconstructing it. Uh, right. So I think that'll be an important conversation. Yeah. And, and, and that's an important piece there because um, so many people reach that point of feeling um, abandoned or hurt by their faith and the deconstruction happens and then what you know where are they and so if they have a desire to continue to find a more authentic expression um, a, a deeper expression of what that faith is there has to be some reconstruction there has to be some opportunity to find connection not everybody will do that, but uh, for those who feel it, uh, I think it's an important piece to yeah. offer. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. Hmm. Well, Amanda, uh, I'm I'm curious. Uh, what other thoughts do you have on awakening? Uh, what What would you like to close this conversation with? I was, uh, as I was thinking about having this conversation with you, I was reminded of Thomas Merton's moment uh, on the corner of, uh, I don't know, fourth and something in Louisville in the 1950s. He was standing on a corner and he suddenly realized, he saw the beauty, the shining light of God in everyone on that busy sidewalk everyone. And uh, I, so I, I got this quote and, and he says, I have the immense joy of being a human being. If only everybody could realize this, but it cannot be explained. There is no way of telling people that they are all walking around shining like the sun. Mm. I would love for people to recognize just how incredibly beautiful we all are at some level that maybe we've never considered before. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. 
Well, Amanda, thank you for spending this time with me. Um, for again, for those listening, uh, if you're able to join us uh, next uh, month in May, uh, we have our Wellstreams graduation, uh, which is a beautiful awakening process for students who are learning to become spiritual directors. Uh, that'll be on May 20th. It'll be posted on our website. So we invite you to join us uh, at that event. It's a beautiful celebration of, uh, of a wonderful journey for these people. Thank you, Alejandro. Yes, it's delightful. Thanks. It was good to be here with you this morning. I think this conversation really could go for hours. I think it could. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank everyone for joining us today for Awakening Lives. This is just one more way that the Spirituality Network connects people with resources for spiritual growth and depth, regardless of faith tradition. Through education, training, spiritual direction for individuals and groups, and community programs and events. Ecumenical and Interfaith, the Spirituality Network honors diversity and does not proselytize. If you wish to know more about our programming, please visit us at spiritualitynetwork.org. Please join us next month as we explore ways to awaken our lives and transform the world.